Well, we're still here, so let's talk about it. Today is Thanksgiving. We all know that usually will mean turkey, mashed potatoes, I've just learned that mac and cheese is a thing, cranberry sauce, jellied or whole, you get to pick. It's food, it's gathering, it's work. It can be tough with certain family members all gathered in one place. My daughter and I were having a conversation recently and she expressed to me how when she's living in our home or when she and her brother are in our home together, they tend to revert back to the roles that they had growing up in the family. My son being not overbearing, but definitely taking the lead of the family pecking order so that he always had dibs on which seat he was going to sit in in the car, where he wished to sit at the table. And my daughter fell in behind and took whatever was left, essentially. They've been adults now for quite a while. And it kind of saddens me to think that they assume those roles when we're all together. However, when I look back at my own family dynamics with my parents and siblings, we did the same thing. Not only did we do that pecking order, but we used to flip each other crap, as they would say, with that backbiting or the just snarky remarks that used to get us what we thought ahead in any sort of tiff or miscommunication, or just feeling a weird way that we had to lash out. Our parents also assumed those roles where rather than being adult parents of adult children, they began to kind of take on that, no, we're back into the parenting our children role. It led to arguments, it led to awkwardness, and it led to discomfort, no doubt. I never thought that we would kind of repeat the same thing with our children when they come to visit. My eyes were opened, and I'm really grateful that they were, that my daughter had the confidence and the safety of being able to say something so honest without any fear of backlash or even any kind of retaliation or snarky comments on my part. I'm grateful that I didn't do that as well. But it makes me wonder and actually want to share today about aging. Our children are aging, whether they want to believe it or not, but they are just as their parents are doing. So my husband and I, we still feel very vital. I mean, we forget our keys sometimes. My husband was searching for his reading glasses this morning, couldn't remember where he left them. Those are normal parts of aging. But historically, our society, our culture, was to respect the elderly, to revere them and their wisdom that they had gained in their age. Nowadays, the elderly, the ill or infirm, are kind of pushed in a corner. And if you can think of a gathering you've been to recently where you've seen the elderly sitting alone in a corner, kind of watching everything happen, but not really being engaged or interacting in the festivities. I have seen that. I saw it in my grandmother. 
I saw it in my godmother before she got dementia. I've seen it in disabled folks that I know who rely on a walker to get around. They sit in one place and they rely on everyone to come to them for a greeting. Now I have encouraged this particular person who's on my mind to be more outgoing and friendly. And I have seen her you know, have success with that where she has called out people and said, hey, can we talk a little bit or hi so-and-so rather than waiting for people to come to her. I felt like that was victory actually. And I believe that it's also empowering to someone who feels different to be aging. And I'll just use my own experience, getting older, having aches and pains, moving more slowly and so on. I feel a little less comfortable in my own skin. I'm not infirm and I'm nowhere near disabled, thankfully, yet. But it makes me aware of how we treat our elderly are infirm and are disabled. Today I was going to talk to you about the family gathering at Thanksgiving. We all really look forward to it. Some of us dread it. It's those old roles, right? Just kind of stepping back into them without even realizing we've done it. And pretty soon we're bickering with each other in a way that we did when we were children. And we feel it happening, but for whatever reason, we just can't turn it off. I don't think there's harm in that unless it starts to bring distress or uncomfortable feelings. But we have the ability to snap out of it. I think we just get so comfortable, we just go with it. Today is a day where many generations of a family can come together. That to me, as I'm sitting here, not having the opportunity to do that today, but recalling when my mother, my dad, his mother, my sister-in-law, the nieces and nephews and my kids all together was such a special time. There was laughter, food, storytelling, and there was some assistance. Grandma was sitting in the corner, so someone would fix her a plate or offer to get her sweater, things like that. So attention was being paid but she wasn't necessarily an interactive part of the conversation. It actually took intention to go to grandma and say, Grandma, do you have enough to eat? Do you want a drink of water? Are you feeling chilly? Can I get you a sweater? That intention is so important, much like the conversations, the storytelling, and the laughter are to a family gathering such as this. And on a day like today and the coming holidays, you know, Christmas, New Year's, and whatever sacred traditions one has at this time of year, to embrace those individuals who can be pushed aside or ignored because they're not able to engage in the way they once were. It takes a tremendous amount of compassion on our part and thoughtfulness to be able to invite those people in move our chairs to them, and take advantage of these opportunities. I wanted to guide this podcast episode today toward death and dying, because that's the premise of the show. But let's talk about honor, regard, and respect for those who are elderly, 
for those who are older than us, even if they're not elderly. How about not allowing ourselves to fall into those old, uncomfortable roles, but stay present who we are today and love each other as we are today? The other thing I'd want to encourage is this is a perfect time to have those end-of-life discussions. We don't know how many days Grandma or Grandpa or Aunt Joe or Uncle Bill have. Let's take the opportunities when we have them to check in. How are they? Do they have a really great story that you probably never heard of, but that could really impact your life in a great way, whether it's just tremendous laughter or a deep loving feeling toward that person? We wouldn't know if we never asked. So how do we have that conversation? I think it can begin with, may I sit with you for a little bit? Boy, I miss being around you. How have you been? Can you tell me what your life was like when you were a kid? How did your grandparents celebrate with you at the holidays? And if you happen to be blessed to have a final conversation with someone who next year may not be alive, take advantage of that. That might look like, is there a special memory that you want me to know about? Is there a special story that you want to share with me? Is there something, a little bit of wisdom, that you can pass on to me today? Grandma, uncle, aunt, grandpa, if there was one thing that you would want people to know about you, what is it? I'd love to know. Then we could even go so far as to say, have you thought about your funeral who you'd want there? Would you want it to be sad and somber or a huge celebration? These are what I would consider, and I won't use the word safe, but maybe easier conversations to have. I've had the ones where it's, what flowers do you want at your funeral? Who needs to be there? You better sign this to make sure that everyone understands that this was your wishes, not my creation. When people aren't quite ready to accept their own death, it can be difficult for them and for the asker to have the dialogue. But imagine a loving place where you can say, what's your favorite story from high school? Who was your first love? Where did you and grandpa meet? What's your favorite color? I don't think, personally, I ever knew what my dad's favorite color was, what my mom's, let alone my grandmother's, or cousins and distant aunts and uncles. I'm not even sure I know my own children's favorite colors. I think I can guess, but I'm not 100% sure unless I ask the question. And when we're all gathered around a table, crowded into a living room, <laughs> maybe spilled out into the driveway just because we need the space and the fresh air, those are the times to ask those questions. We are not promised tomorrow. And there are 365 days till next Thanksgiving. There's a month until Christmas. A lot can happen in a day, let alone 30 or 365. My encouragement to you today, while you're gathered with family or even friends or both, don't let the moment pass. 
be mindful that we are not promised tomorrow, which means you have an opportunity today to ask, how are you? What can I do for you? How can I love you today? Can you share a really great story? Perhaps you'll be the beneficiary of someone asking you that question, and you can share a wonderful story with someone who is curious, genuinely interested, or even mildly interested in some cases, and that's okay. I don't want to leave you today without talking about those tough roles that I mentioned earlier, or the anxious moments that are spent, the tension sometimes, because of the roles that we assume, but also everyone having lived on their own and now coming back in to a space, may want to assert their adulthood or their independence, but feel constrained by the family dynamic. There may be hurts that took place and make it difficult for us to gather and just be comfortable in each other's space. I encourage you to do it anyway, to bring your full heart and compassion and patience for the family member who tells the same story, and you will hear it at least 10 times, if not more, in that gathering time, to be full of compassion for that person, to be full of compassion for the elderly family member or friend who can no longer interact the way that they used to. After all, those elderly people birthed us, cared for us, raised us. We owe it to them to have some compassion. And when it's not safe, when maybe they may be infirm or they may be elderly, their mouths can still have barbs and daggers of hurt that they can use on us. I will not dismiss that. But perhaps from a safe distance, we can still engage. Maybe just eye contact to say, I see you. You're not isolated in the corner. I see you. But I need to be over here in order to safely make it through this event. Because there is joy in those times. Whatever it is that you do today, I really hope that you can find fun, laughter, maybe even hope, and some recognition that our elderly people, our infirm and our disabled people still have value. And it's important to recognize that and accept it. And then sometimes we have to accept that the people who hurt us the most may continue to do so but I can still acknowledge their presence and keep a healthy, safe distance. I hope that this follows you into your day's celebration. If it triggers something in you that you want to share, positive or negative, maybe you think I didn't get it right today, let me know. I always try to see the best in people even people who have hurt me tremendously. And for whatever it's worth, I always hope for a chance at reconciliation or improvement in someone's attitude, including my own. But I don't always get it right. And yes, 
Sometimes I leave gatherings feeling a little bruised, but grateful for having been there because I don't know if I'll ever see that person again once I walk out the door. I wish you all warm, comfortable, pleasant, even happy Thanksgiving celebrations today. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening today. You can go to my website for more articles, little news pieces, or a transcript of this podcast. The website is whilewe'restillhere.com. If you'd like to join the conversation, you can send me an email too. Thanks again, and until next time, take care.